KRCL, 90.9 FM, HD1 in Salt Lake City, Ogden, and Provo, 96.7 FM in Park City, on the web at krcl.org. Listener-supported community radio. Support for Radioactive on KRCL comes from our sustaining members and Mark Miller Subaru. Welcome to Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives, weeknights at 6. I'm Laura Jones, and coming up on the show, Tamrika Kaptisiashvili is back behind the mic with me. How you doing? Hi, Laura. I'm so happy to be here, always. So it's welcoming week, and we've got a special guest from a special group that uh, I think shines a light on the plight of especially female refugees as they resettle. Yeah, we have two great guests coming up. One of them is Svetlana Bezruchenko, and Svetlana is a Ukrainian woman who arrived recently, and she will tell us more about her journey. And then we also have Ruby Wahinohokai, who is a case manager at Women of the World. And that nonprofit started by Samira Harnish, um, just to help women in particular who are displaced. And they just opened their Displaced Women's Scholarship Fund. So we'll talk about that during rallies and resources. But how you been? I've been I've been well. I'm happy to be in Salt Lake. Yeah. Always a good time. When we spoke last, when you were in the studio, Mikhail Gorbachev had just passed away. And in the last week, there's been more movement from Ukraine as it pushes back against the Russian invasion. So timely conversation. You're yeah, have tonight. some some new positive development um, mm-hmm. for the Ukrainians, yeah. militarily speaking. Yeah. Also coming up on the show, I know you love art, words, poetry, visuals. We've got Katie Lewis, a conversation I recorded earlier today from Salt Lake Community College's Community Writing Center. Uh, they're also part of the Great Salt Lake Collaborative, along with KRCL and two dozen other community partners and news outlets. They've got a call for submissions, writers, photographers, artists, to comment on the Great Salt Lake, to share your voice. The deadline is for submissions have extended to September 21st, and We'll share all the details about that and how folks can get involved. I think you might have to submit something like I encouraged eBay to earlier. Yeah. Okay. That's a full show. I know, right? And then also we have the Arts, Parks, and Utah Skies folks coming in from Salt Lake County Parks and Rec and Arts and Culture. And we have two of the artists who are going to be doing really cool stuff in county parks over the weekend. We've got a special guest in a minute, too, from Salt Lake County Animal Services. But I wanted to remind folks that the Utah Book Festival is going on right now through October. Lots of different events from the Utah Humanities that puts on the Book Festival. And I was just noticing, if you really want to find out what's going on, follow their Twitter feed, Tamrika. I just saw this one pop up. In 2021, the Dr. Seuss estate polled, and to think I saw it on Mulberry Street by Dr. Seuss because of its use of racial character caricatures. So, the Utah Humanities Book Festival. They're going to discuss this title and other challenge titles on September 20th, 7 p.m. at the City Library. So you can go and talk about this. And as times change and uh, society progresses, hopefully, right, um, we take a look at some of the things that we've cherished in the past and said, maybe there's something there we should And how, how sad it would be if we didn't change was the times, exactly. right? Exactly. Exactly. So. so that's just one of many events going on around the state, courtesy of the Utah Humanities Book Festival. And you can find a link to their calendar of events 
at krcl.org. Click on Community Affairs, and you will find rallies and resources. And now, Tamrika, we have joining us from Salt Lake County Animal Services, Calista Pearson. Hey, Calista, how you doing? Good. How are you guys? So good to see you, but we don't have a cat crawling on the on the soundboard no. here. And I, I always kind of feel bad because the engineers get kind of fussy probably when that <laughs> does happen. And when I post the photos online, yeah, they're like, what just happened in there, See, that, as long as there's no proof, it didn't happen. Right? That woman mm. was the cat again. <laughs> exactly. Then they just blame me. But anyway, all week long, since Tuesday, it's been half off for adoptions, but something cool started tomorrow and goes through Saturday. Yes. Uh, tomorrow and Saturday, we're participating in the Bring Home Happiness Adoption Event with Best Friends. And we will be offering very low-priced adoption fees. You can bring home a large dog, small dog, cat, a kitten, rabbit, a guinea pig for all but for just one Lincoln. So, one Lincoln? You're talking about our currency? Yeah, our currency. Yeah. So um, we have a ton of adoptable pets. You can see them online at adoptutahpets.org. Um, we have everything from young dogs to old dogs. There's a sweet old guy called Hawthorne. He's a seven-year-old black lab that we have right now. Super mellow. He's your typical, like, hey, bro, let's hang out on the couch dog. You now. hear that, folks? So Hawthorne needs a home. Yeah, we have tons of awesome, like, bigger, older dogs, which is kind of nice because I've had puppies with me for some other occasions. It makes you remember you're like, oh man, puppies are so much work. Yeah. But they, you be love ready. them. Mm-hmm. But but you're like, oh, could you just be potty trained right now? Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen an uptick as we quote unquote reopen after um, COVID? I wouldn't necessarily say it's an uptick, but dogs are definitely sitting longer in the kennels, um, especially larger, bigger dogs. I'm not sure about other issues that may be affecting them. I know there's been a lot of talk about, um, you know, rents going up and people being evicted from their house- houses and losing their pets and having to move and stuff like that. So Have you had pets dropped off as a matter um, We're of not necessarily a surrender location, but we have taken in some um, in a few, like, serious cases but otherwise if people do have to surrender a pet we suggest they go to the humane society of utah okay so the bring home happiness event and i sign up for the cost of one low lincoln Mm -hmm. um what kind of services come with that pet um all of our pets are spayed neutered vaccinated and microchipped upon adoption that's including rabbits we do not spay neuter the guinea pigs but we do try to sex them so that that way you will not have guinea pigs having more <laughs> guinea pigs but we do recommend that they go home in pairs because they're very social animals yeah so cats kittens uh, guinea pigs, rabbits. We do two for one adoptions. So, so, I mean, I've been trying for years, Laura, to get you to adopt, but I still have made no progress. Wait, Laura, I thought you had. No, I have no. She pets. says she ha- has too busy, so I, I'll give her that. I'm at home, and I barely keep plants and myself alive. Mm-hmm. But you have two and two, right? I do have two and two, and and two they, cats, two dogs. Yeah, and I have a, a little boy who feeds the cats, and I feed the dogs. So yeah. that's where we're at. That works out. <laughs> Petapalooza is also coming up this month. Remind folks who yes. will where why. Uh, Petapalooza will be next Saturday, September 24th at Wheeler Historic Farm. And there's going to be 10 plus rescues and shelters from from all over Utah there. We'll also have a pet psychic, pet products. So it'll be kind of like a farmer's market feel. There's something called Corsa Lure where people can let their pets run through the event. So it's not just an adoption event. It's a really fun event just to bring your pet to and to, you know, enjoy like Wheeler Farm because that will also be pumpkin days will be starting, I believe, the day before. So pumpkin days already. I know. Who doesn't love going to <laughs> Wheeler Farm when it's starting to become fall and it's just beautiful out there. So it'll be awesome. There's tons of parking and it's free. 
Wow. Yes. Not even a Lincoln. Not even a Lincoln. What do you think is the biggest barrier to folks, aside from myself, to, to bringing a pet home? Or what is the biggest consideration that they should make in deciding to add a pet? I think one really important thing for people is to remember the three-day, three-week, three-month rule. Because when you first bring home a pet, it's they're definitely not going to be the, the pet they are within three months later so they're kind of in that de-stress mode you're getting to know them they're getting to know you and some things may not go as planned you know you'll find like uh, because they've been in a shelter for a while that they are not you know they're, they're going potty inside but they just need some refreshers maybe some of those older dogs so I mean giving pets a chance when you get them into your home is a great thing um, I do think one barrier could possibly be just like so many people having to live in house housing where they can't have pets or they have breed restrictions mm. well and during the course of, pand- of the pandemic I recall you doing several events to help people feed their pets yes and we still are doing that and that's monthly every um one Saturday a month, we are f- fully funded by a grant for this, and we provide f- cat food and dog food. Um, the next pet pantry is actually this Saturday, and it's from 8 to 10, and we're located at 511 West, 3900 South, and people can line up. Um, please not too early because you'll block the road, but we do provide pet <laughs> yeah. food at that event. And that's the same location for Bring Home Happiness, Yes, right? and so while you're there, hopefully if you're there getting pet food, you're not adopting also another pet because it is uh, <laughs> so expensive right now to feed pets. I agree. Yeah. Pet food has definitely gone up. Yeah. So uh, your social media game is really on fire, and you mm-hmm. can see some cute pets for yes. Bring Home Happiness. What's your social? Um, you can see us at uh, Salt Lake County Animal Services, literally at Salt Lake County Animal Services on Instagram and at SLCO Animals on uh, Facebook. Great. We'll put all of that in the show notes, folks, tonight. So you can go to krcl.org, click on uh, community. You'll find the radioactive archives and uh, a lot of notes on all of our guests and their events. Calissa, thanks so much. Next time, though, bring a cat, a guinea pig, a bunny, okay, a dog. I'm bringing a guinea pig, but you're going to have to take it home. <laughs> two. Two of them, it <laughs> sounds like. Uh, yes, two of them. Oh, Calissa, thank you so much. I thank appreciate you. your time. All right, Tamrika, so that great Salt Lake community anthology that I was talking about, I got some details. Let's pass the microphone, and uh, we're going to find out more. Of course, my glasses are fogging up, so I'm having trouble seeing the computer, (laughs) folks. Bear with me. Here we go. Hi, my name is Katie Lewis. I'm the director of the Community Writing Center, which is an organization funded by Salt Lake Community College. I'm also a professor of English Linguistics and Writing Studies at Salt Lake Community College. And one of the things that the Writing Center has undertaken as part of the Great Salt Lake Collaborative is the Great Salt Lake Community Anthology, and there's a call for submissions that closes on the 21st. So who are you looking for, Katie, to submit their work? Is this for veterans, for poet prose, or is it for folks that are new to poetry? Anyone. um, Anyone that has a story that they want to tell about the Great Salt Lake. Um, And story, I mean, quite broadly here. So um, photographs can tell a story, visual art can tell a story, poetry tells stories. We're also looking for short fiction, nonfiction, um, even things that are, are writings or creations that are more um, embedded in the hard sciences. Um, any kind of writing, any kind of art, any kind of photography that has a story to tell about the Great Salt Lake as a way to get community members to understand that the lake is dying and that we have a responsibility in saving it. And that flora and fauna and geographic locations like lakes are fundamentally important to the ecosphere in which we live and which help support things like business, recreation, tourism, 
and just the livelihood of the flora and fauna in the area. And that those things have a right to exist, even if there's no human making profit endeavors that can come from it. And so the anthology is really our way to make visible what's been happening to the lake and to tell the history of the lake from very personal, scientific, artistic experiences to show that we are part of the lake. It's not that we are um, consumers of the lake. We need to change our thinking about that. That the lake provides us with many things that we are merely a part of rather than ex being extractive or having extractive and exploitative thinking about it. So what will be done with these submissions and when? Okay, so the submission deadline um, is on September 21st, as you mentioned. They need to be, your submission should be submitted via submittable. There's a link on our website to our submittable site for submissions. If for some reason you have any issues with submittable, just email them to me at kati.lewis at slcc.edu. We will collect the submissions and choose a sort of sequence for them that makes a kind of narrative sense in terms of the stories that people are telling about the lake. And we will design an anthology, a print anthology. Um, we will have print copies available at our gala event that's on October 27th from 5.30 to 8 p.m. at the Gallivan Hall. You need to RSVP for that. There's also information on our site about that. Um, and so we're going to collect these and create a print book that um, the people who submitted can have a copy of and that community members, if they're interested in having a copy, can also receive a copy of, especially at the gala event. What is it you're hoping the community gets out of these submissions if they don't participate as an artist? What is it you hope that we as a community gather from this anthology? That they will find themselves in the stories that are being told um, in the anthology and that they will also find themselves as being directly connected to the lake, that our relationship with the lake is one of interdependence rather than human nature binary, that we have a responsibility to the lake. It's given us so much um, and we need to ensure that it ensure its survival, not just for, as I said earlier, not just for what it does for us as human beings, but the fact that it has a right to exist and that the flora and the fauna that need it have a right to exist regardless of what it can do for human beings. Katie Lewis of the Salt Lake Community College Community Writing Center. What's the website one more time where folks can learn more and submit? So just go to slcc.edu slash CWC slash festival. It was attached to our Arts Fest. That's why that's there. And then .aspx. All right. So, folks, you are now forewarned and invited to participate in the Great Salt Lake Community Anthology. Check tonight's show notes for a link and get your writing, your photography, your poetry ready to submit by September 21st. And now to wrap up our rallies and resources conversation, we have a cavalcade of stars in from artists to folks from the county to share what is being called Arts Parks and the Utah Skies. And joining us from Salt Lake County Arts and Culture, Public Art Manager Kate Itheralde. How you doing? So good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. And then Liz Salas, old friend, but also Associate Director of Community Engagement for Salt Lake County Parks and Rec. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'd like to consider myself more of a young friend, but <laughs> we do go way back. Thanks for being here. So this is a collaboration among parks, among arts and culture, among the planetarium, right, Liz? Yeah, this is a really great opportunity for us to come together as a, a recreation-focused organization as well as a, at parks. I mean, parks and recreation obviously go hand in hand and partner with our arts and culture and the Clark Planetarium because 
it's really impossible to go outside and not engage with this universe. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting very philosophical there. So (laughs) it seems like the perfect fit to us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Arts and culture is so excited about this because um, so many people separate arts and science, but this is a great um, like exhibition of artwork that invites the community to think about science, to think about our solar system. I like to say it's a stellar oh, <laughs> group of installations. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, it really takes it out of the ivory tower, right? And that's absolutely it makes it correct. So we have a couple of artists with us. So there are several events that are happening at different county parks. And you can check the show notes to get the whole list. But joining us for the Pleasant Green Park nightlife installation, Carl Hale, 1 to 3 at Pleasant Green Park. How are you doing, Carl? Doing great. It's a pleasure to be here. So tell us about your medium and what you're going to be doing on Saturday from 1 to 3 at Pleasant Green Park. So my installation at Pleasant Green is a um, laser-cut steel panel. Um, I was an engineer for 20 years before I became an artist, and so the idea of science and art uh, converging is super cool to me. And the public art um, challenge, it really does uh, uh, create some real interesting challenges for an artist to create an engaging piece of art that will pull people into uh, enjoying the art. I think the engineering and the um, science and the art all together is really part of what makes that happen. So you have a piece of public art going in there. It's there, I'm guessing. It's there now. It's been there. uh, Actually, it's been there uh, curing all summer long. Curing. And so I'm guessing it makes some shapes in the sun and as the sun moves. It does. It does. So my piece is really a celebration of the stars. Um, I put it over the the uh, mountainscape that is there above magna and so the the mountainscape that you see as you look off to the to west is in the piece and then above that is a whole geometric um, uh, transformation of several different stars that work together it was really fun to work with the planetarium directly Um, it was really exciting for me to work with a scientist who's really good at looking at the sky and so we were able to position the moon in my piece i've got uh, the moon is represented there as well and uh, it's it's positioned scientifically accurately and so it's really fun for all of that to come together well now i need to see this so pleasant green park where is that liz uh, that's over in Magna, as was mentioned, and I can give you the exact address. It's 3252 <laughs> South, 8400 West. So it's we love it because the location is right by the playground, and the whole idea was to involve that, just mix all the pieces, right? So if you're going to the playground, you can't miss it. If you're parked your, your car right by the park, you can't miss it. So it's in a great location. And then folks get to try their hand at star origami and sun telescopes? Yeah, from 1 to 3 on uh, Saturday, they get to participate in those activities that will be led by the Clark Planetarium. So we want people to come. It's great for kids 6 and under, but if you're a kid at heart, it's great for you too. Okay. So come on out. All right, let's move over to Yellow Fork Canyon Trailhead from 4 to 6 on Saturday for Transcendent Utah. Sky, an installation by Tuza, and representing Tuza, we have Rob Beischlein. Hi, how you doing? Good, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, what is Transcendent Utah Sky? Uh, this is a piece uh, my wife Shelley and I designed. Um, it's sort of a, a vertical monument that has some uh, constellations and star configurations in it. So, um, <clears throat> when I was when I was in high school, my dad is a chemistry professor, and I used to steal his keys to the science building. 
and take dates to the planetarium. Wow. And, and he'd be, Admission. yeah, he'd be a little disappointed I didn't take the girls to the chemistry lab. But I love the planetarium, yeah. and so uh, that was sort of the roots of my love for for astronomy. And uh, here we have the opportunity to to put some of that on this piece of art. And and as we've been talking about, this is a I think a really lovely way to walk the line between art and science. And so we've tried to represent some scientific elements in our piece as well as have them be very artful and, and beautiful. So where is the Yellow Fork Canyon Trailhead? So Yellow Fork Canyon Trailhead is in Harriman. I mean, the best, you can just plug it into your maps and it'll take you right there. Okay. Um, you really can't miss it as you're driving. And four to six, people can make tin can constellation lanterns. Yeah. And there's also going to be constellation stories. Kate? Yeah, so the Clark Planetarium has put together fabulous activities. And so at each of the um, art, like the public art locations, there'll be activities throughout the day. I just have to say Yellow Fork Canyon is one of my favorite canyons. Every time you go there, you see people on horseback. It's great for bird watching. So I'm really excited to include public art in this wonderful canyon. And I think tying the public art into the stars is really exceptional. So There's one artist that wasn't able to join us tonight, and that's the lead event on Saturday at 10 a.m., I believe, at Taylorsville Rec Center. Yeah, so the third installation um, is by artist Linka Kunapak and it's a beautiful sundial. Um, when we were installing it, everyone kept saying like, oh, it's not correct, but it is correct. It works with the solar time. So it's the correct solar time. It's not by standard time. So it's mountain about an hour. Yeah, not mountain standard time. So it's about an hour and 28 minutes off. But when we change times um, in November, it will only be a little bit off. And again, it's, it's correct by solar time. And then folks will get to make sundials. Then. Yeah, yeah, it's so fun. The plan has just planned some awesome, awesome activities. So from 10 um, to 12 at the Taylorsville Recreation Center, um, come check out Linka's beautiful sundial installation and then have some family activities. Also, Liz went roller skating at the Taylorsville <laughs> Recreation Center. So maybe bring your roller skates. Yeah, you can roller skate. You can roller skate <laughs> yep, your heart. It's part content. of admission. It's awesome. Well, it's fantastic opportunity to blend so many things together, Liz. Yeah. Well, and the other thing I wanted to point out is, as we were talking about this, you know, with the outdoors, one of the main things people love about it is how natural the outdoors are. And so the art is really designed with that in mind. So in addition to focusing on the astronomy, we wanted them to use mediums that were natural and that that um that j just kind of vibed with where they would be yeah. so we really really encourage everyone to come out i think it's a really awesome art installation they're temporary by nature but they will be there for as long as they're there and we're hopeful that if people can't come out on saturday we will miss them but we also hope that they'll come and see them on their own time and engage with them um, you know, when the night sky is up or under the, the light of the, the moon over at Yellow Fork and it, when the sun is at its brightest if you're at Taylorsville. So come to Taylorsville Rec Center, come, which is the actual park adjacent to Taylorsville Recreation Center is called the Gary Swenson Valley Regional Park, just in case people were like, well, this one's at a rec center, but it's adjacent. It's adjacent. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, come to that location, Pleasant Green Park in Magna, 
get out to Yellow Fork. These are all great locations. It's a good opportunity to grab a friend, grab your kids, go get outside and enjoy the weather. Hopefully it'll be lovely on Saturday. (laughs) You never know, but um, it'll be lovely enough to do a couple of blocks of time throughout the day. So we have your whole day planned for you. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got the 10 to 12, you've got the uh, one to three, is that what it was? Mm -hmm. And then the four to six. six. So like you can take a break and eat lunch and then Come on back. (laughs) (laughs) And can you keep uh, lots of folks active for several hours throughout the day on Saturday? You know, Salt Lake County Parks and Rec celebrating a big milestone recently. So many facilities Mm -hmm. and great trailheads. Where can people learn more? So for Salt Lake County Parks and Recreation, you can go to slco.org slash parks-recreation. But for this event specifically, go to saltlakecountyarts.org. Excellent. Thank you, everybody, for coming in. I hope you have a great time and make a lot of cool stuff with the community. We can't wait to see you there, Laura. All right. (laughs) I've got got a slot or two in my day to fill in, so maybe I will. Coming up, we've got that conversation for Welcoming Week with Tamrika Kavtisiashvili, but uh, a little preview of what you'll get tomorrow night when Sammy Brew is here live in the studio. Here's one of his new singles, Don't Fake It, on KRCL 90.9, fresh and homegrown. task in the new song every time i write down i remember everything that's gold is a moment worth the letters and maybe it's the times we feel a little high and we're blocking out the volume or maybe it's the day we feel a little gray and we have no one to fall to well i know she just wonders why i stay up but don't call it night i'm in my fantasy she turned me around and said you don't want me Support for KRCL comes from Mark Miller Subaru and the Subaru Love Promise, a partnership with local nonprofit organizations to support and strengthen our community. Now accepting applications for 2023 nonprofit partnerships. More information on Mark Miller Subaru's Love Promise and application process at markmillersubaru.com.
Seagull Lily Center for the Abused Deaf hosts its Purple Tie Gala Saturday, October 1st, at the Robert G. Sanderson Deaf Center in Salt Lake. They'll commemorate 22 years of empowering victims of domestic violence and sexual assault with a Roaring Twenties-themed celebration and fundraiser. For more info and opportunities to help, visit slcad.org. KRCL's record and CD sale is hitting the road. Saturday, the 17th, we'll be setting up shop at the 9th and 9th Street Festival from 10 to 6 p.m. with a live broadcast of Afternoon Delight. Then, Saturday, the 24th, we'll be at the Downtown Farmer's Market from 8 to 2 p.m. in Pioneer Park across from Caputo's on 3rd South. Fresh vinyl will be added to the racks for each sale. Look for KRCL's big green tent to make all your vinyl dreams come true. KRCL.org for all the details. Welcome back to Radioactive on KRCL. I'm Tamrik Artisiashvili, and my guests tonight are Ruby Wahine Ho'okai, who is a case manager at the Women of the World, and I appreciate so much that someone else has a last name that has as many letters as does mine, almost, I think, and also Svetlana Bezruchenko from Ukraine. Um, I'm really happy to have you both in the studio tonight. It's Welcome Week, which is an annual celebration bringing together people and events that celebrate the contributions of immigrants and refugees. So um, I'm excited to have our conversation. You're listening to Radioactive. And let's just jump into it, Ruby, um, Women of the World. Yes. It's an organization that I've heard about, but I want to know from you directly just a little bit um, more. It, yeah. How long has it been around? What is the main mission? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So Women of the World started in 2009. Our executive director and founder uh, started it out of the back of her Honda Pilot okay. um, and had that going for a few years until I think it was 2015 she was able to hire her first case manager and it's just grown so much since then. Um, and our mission really is to empower women from all nations to achieve independence, um, economic success, and a voice in the community. I want you to talk maybe for a second why you think it's important to empower women specifically. So it's not families of the world, men of the world, mm -hmm. why women specifically? Yeah, absolutely. So usually when tragedy strikes, women are the ones that are hit the hardest and have the least amount of resources and support. So um, Samira, when she started it, just really wanted to create a safe place for women to come and know that they're supported and whatever their goals are, um, we will customize our service to them. And what are some of the types of services that you guys offer? Yeah, absolutely. So we have three main programs that we categorize all of our um, each little tasks into. So um, customized service, um, economic empowerment, and community integration. So um, with community integration, um, we will set some of our women up with mentorships so that they can have uh, that one-on-one -on -one connection with someone from the community, and then they can connect with their community growing out. Um, and we will have workshops so that people from the community are able to present um, to all of our women, and they're able to just feel more comfortable uh, going out and connecting on their own. 
And then uh, economic empowerment is everything from finding your first job to getting you English classes, to um, applying for college, looking at different scholarships, um, everything in that realm that awesome. will help you become. Fantastic. Yeah. I know that recently you announced uh, a scholarship, Displaced Women's Education Fund of Utah, I believe is the name of it. And application is now open. Um, if you can just tell our listeners a little bit about this. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we have this scholarship that opens every year. Um, everyone's welcome to apply on our website has all of the details. Um, but any immigrant asylum seeker refugee woman um, on undocumented DACA um, recipients can apply and just, you know, share your story, explain why um, the scholarship will help you and how um, we can support you. And they receive money or there's some specific services? Yes, yeah, so it is um, money scholarship okay, to go great. straight to So they can decide how choice. to spend it. Yeah. Okay, and the deadline is November 20th. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Thank you so much. And to find more information, Women of the World website? Yes, um, our website is womenofworld.org. Know the in there. Okay. Um, and you can read more about the stories of many of our women that have come in and just more about our services. Fantastic. So I want to um, have you kind of introduce one of the women that you had an opportunity to work with who is here in the studio with us, Svetlana. And maybe first from you, just tell us how you met each other. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I would love to hear more from Svetlana. Yeah, absolutely. So um, our office right now is shared with a few other refugee-focused groups, one of them being Lutheran Family Services. Um, which helps with immigration lawyer things. Um, and they were seeking assistance there. We happened to meet them while they were waiting for a meeting there and just explained how we might be able to help Svetlana. Um, and Svetlana is amazing. She came in guns a blazing and um, was just ready to help us as much as she needed help. Great, Svetlana, welcome to the studio. It's really nice to meet you today. Um, let us, uh, maybe tell us how you got here, how long you've been here, and by here I mean Salt Lake City, Utah. I, I believe you live in Salt Lake, but you might be in another city, but you're in Utah for sure. And how long have you been here? Uh, thank you so much, Tamrika and Ruby, for introduction. Yeah, um, I'm here actually in Utah, not for a long time. We just uh, uh, fled from Ukraine from war. So uh, in Utah, we're around like one month. Yeah, so I came here with uh, my son and uh, my mom, who is a handicap. It was a long trip. Yeah, um, it's like we're still here new. Yeah, one month is very, yeah. very new. And um, as an immigrant myself, I know um, it takes a long time. But on behalf of Utah, because I feel like Utah is my home now, I welcome you, and I'm glad you are in Utah. Um, I want to ask you, a um, little bit about your life in Ukraine before you left. If you can tell us which region you're from, what was your life like? Well, it was, I would say, like, we had a great life because we were in peace. We were building our country. Like, I can't say it was perfect, but we worked on it, and we were very, very progressive. Like, you know, even uh, when I was traveling during, like, um, in Europe, I saw how much benefits and how much progressive Ukraine already was, and I hope still will be. 
yeah. So um, uh, I was working uh, in different fields. I was working in international companies like uh, advertising, marketing. Um, my just my son just started uh, a great education at uh, one of the best uh, gymnasiums in my native city. I was mainly working in giving uh, in international companies. So, but one day everything is ruined. We lost our uh, houses. We lost, and we lose till now, friends, families, because it's like I can't say other words, and it's like genocide, and it's weird to have this in twenty-first century. And unfortunately, it looks like it's not in use for Europe or other countries, but. Ukraine is still in this nightmare. Every day, every night, every morning, kids, mothers, our husbands, our men, sons, sons, everyone, everyone. Do you, um, you know, and the war um, is horrible, especially when it's ongoing for this long. Recently, though, in the recent week about there have been some kind of a, wins, let's say, by Ukrainian army, that some of the towns got taken back. Does that give you some kind of hope? What are your thoughts about some of that recent progress? You know, I have a hope, all of us have, and we have a courage and brave, uh, braveness. This is thanks because we received some weapons and we try to make our home back, to make our life back. We, uh, like you know, we are country of agricultures. We are not militaries. But yeah, I'm happy we gave them the answer. But at the same time, I know Russia very, very good for centuries. And I know how they can act after. I don't think it will end up soon. And everyone is worried about that atomic point, yeah. Uh, when you um, give a feedback to someone who is like, you know, a terrorist, they may get even more um, brutal and more not predictable. So I pray for Ukraine. I also, me and other Ukrainians and women, we try to find, to find out ways how can we help out because we're now Ukrainians are like peace, peace all over the world, you know. And I can say just even one more thing. A lot of women even try to get back now to Ukraine. doesn't matter how it is dangerous. Some find even mm, families abroad just to go back to help uh, their uh, families and men go directly to the army or uh, help in a in a city defense some even risk and go with kids so i think this tells about something like we we really uh want to win and to protect our land and kids we're gonna listen to a song called we are from ukraine maybe you can tell us a little bit about it after yeah here it is
нашим птахом Руйнівна ворожа сила Розсяла зірки над птахом Розправляє чорні крила Ворогів серця порожні Та встає з руїн країна Ми тепер не переможні Кожен більше, ніж людина Ми один за одного без We are from Ukraine listening on radio waves on Radioactive KRCL Svetlana. It's in Ukrainian, which unfortunately I do not understand. I would love to know, and our listeners would love to know, what is the song about? You know, the main thing in this song is that we are Ukrainians. We live in our Ukraine. We have our language. We have our traditions. And we stand on our land. The main message, you know, don't come to kill us. Get out from Ukraine. Make order in your own country. Okay. So this it's is like, yeah. W- what is also like? It's not said directly, but this is what meant also. Is this a song before you left uh, that you heard in Ukraine? Was that something that you heard in airwaves? Yeah, and uh, this summer actually all uh, our. Uh, famous and uh, modern, uh, like, I mean, nowadays, singers, they got all together and uh, they tried They tried to cheer up our war, our soldiers and na- nation and those who stayed in Ukraine and to send this message to all other countries. I want to ask you about um, what's happening now, as you know, women, mostly women and children, are leaving, Ukrainian women and children, and, and men are staying behind to fight. And I'm curious what your feelings are about this. Uh, obviously, there's this need to defend your homeland, um, but there are men that don't want to fight, right? And I've been listening to a lot of, I, I spent a lot of time listening to Ukrainian um, uh, radio shows and television uh, uh, pro- podcasts, and there's a lot of conversation about this idea of you know dividing the families and what happens to the men that stay behind that not necessarily um, see themselves in that role. Do you feel like it's a responsibility of every man who's Ukrainian that they must fight because of this, because of the war, or do you feel like there should be some kind of freedom or choice given? if they stay behind or leave with their families? You know, I think in Ukraine, same as in other countries, we have different people. But the majority of people and men, they stay there. And uh, now not only military who are trained are soldiers, all our scientists, IT generation, even young guys, 16, 18, 20, they want to go and fight for their land. And, you know, uh, how, why it is so desperate and so hard and hard? Because I understand we are not big in quantity. We are, do not have a lot of weapons. And they are vanishing such a great generation, as I told, like, even a teacher, even an academician is now taking a rifle and goes to defend. So if you had... Um if you had an opportunity to give an advice to uh, 
to other countries, for, for example, United States and the leaders. Do you think, because you know, a lot of people are really worried about major involvement from outside, as you know, this is creating lots of conversation. What would be your advice? I mean, do you think United States, and as you know, United States does contribute a lot, you know, um, do you think United States should continue being involved in this war? Um, or do you have fears that it might go um, kind of out of hand? Well, what I can say, I'm really very thankful to USA and European countries who didn't get afraid and did dare to help not only uh, Ukrainian women with kids who now uh, need to run away from Ukraine, but also help with weapons, medicals. We even uh, need uh, body armors and uh, sniper nets, you know, even that usual stuff. And <coughs> for me, uh, like, I understand one day and even now it may not be in use for, for c other countries because everyone wants to have comfort, to go for vacation. You have a usual day. But uh, Ukrainians live in this nightmare for a long time, if not to say like many centuries, ma ma many, many hours uh, before even. And I just want to say like one thing, like I want to remind the world and especially Europe before we got independence, thanks to Gorbachev, this is one of the really, the only one I would say good, adequate, educated, democratic president of Russia that was. Thanks to him we received independence. But before we got independence, Europe demanded from us, you know, dissolve our, your uh, military, refuse from atomic fabrics and uh, weapon factories which you have. And we did, we kept our promise. Now we have to be like beggars. Please give us this weapon. Please give us weapon. We want to survive because this is genocide. Sorry, but they are vanishing. Like I remember 10 or 14 years ago, one of the followers and politicians whose name Zhirinovsky, uh, who represents Putin and the rest of oligarchy of Russia, he told, he told us, and they were promising us war and that they will uh, vanish us as a nation. He told even to the mass media, not hiding anything. You know what? Ukraine, only songs and some trees will remain from you. Nothing will be from you. So, like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> what? No, th and thanks for sharing um, your thoughts with us. So what, a lot of people fear that someone like Putin is so unstable and there's maybe so little to lose that that might be not too far from the truth. So what, at what cost like at what cost it's it's too far i mean at what point would you say maybe enough lives will get sacrificed that maybe at the end of the day this war is not worth it or do you think that's just not an option for ukraine um can i uh double check if i understand you correctly uh you mean like uh you believe one day or soon it will end up I, I don't know, you know, if Russia has nothing to lose, right? And yeah. if Russia will keep going, and as you said, Putin mentioned, you know, that he will demolish the whole country. Yeah. Do you think Ukraine will continue till the end? Or there is some point where Ukraine and Russia can 
possibly have an avenue for diplomacy? <clears throat> uh, we know, unfortunately, Russia very good. And I think the only way uh, they will be ready to make uh, diplomatic uh, dialogue only uh, if really Europe and uh, all the rest of the rest of the countries, the majority, will really put them into strains and will show them the feedback, maybe even with their military or force. Uh, because unfortunately, life shows they start to respect or be diplomatic only when they have the same feedback, which is like, you know, if, they bo uh, if someone boxes you, if you don't give the feedback, he, he will kill you. And they behave like killers. If we do not stop them, they will come after the rest of countries and the rest of people. Because if you don't stop a killer, he will come and kill, same like with maniacs, you know. Because unfortunately, it's like a crown of imperialism. And it's weird to have this in 21st century. We could never expect it will happen. I want to listen to a song to maybe make our mood a little bit lighter to remind you of your fun, happy days in Ukraine. Maybe you can tell us about the song oh, yeah. afterwards. Welcome back to Radioactive. My name is Tamrika Fetisiashvili. Here in the studio with me, I have Svetlana Bezhvuchenko. Svetlana arrived to Utah about a month ago, and we are talking about the current war in Ukraine. We're also talking about a little bit about Svetlana's life before she arrived here. And the song we just heard, um, I believe, is about, it's kind of a fun song yeah. about dating, maybe? Oh, yeah. It's a very funny uh, with a big of humor of Ukrainians, you know. It's like about dating when a guy is asking a girl uh, for a date every day. And every time she finds an excuse, she says, oh, come on Monday, we will do this. He comes on Monday and she says, oh, sorry, something happened. <laughs> come on Tuesday. Okay, we will do that. No, I ha let's, let's, let's try another day, you know. So, yeah. Uh, we have a lot of uh, folk, uh, funny humor uh, songs, and uh, yeah, we actually very friendly and humor people. 
Ukraine is known for its humor. I know that growing up in the region, Ukrainians were always, especially in Odessa, I believe. Yeah. That's my association is the funny people from Odessa. Um, I, wanted, I want to ask you about the mood currently in Kiev because I know you spent some time there before yeah. you came. A um, couple, couple friends that I have still live there. From what I understand, there's kind of people try to maintain some positive um, lifestyle. What I mean by that, I, I understand there's some galleries and maybe some cafes that are kind of opening up on and off, trying to maintain life as normal. Is that true? Can you tell us just what it was like when you left? Yes. And I'm talking about Kiev specifically. I know some, some towns are way beyond that. Sure. You mean in nowadays, in, yeah. in the conditions of yeah. war? Nowadays, like a month ago when you left. Well, yeah. Oh, we try not to give up. And we even make comedians show and gather all together uh, because we need to raise that spirit. Because when you're 24 hours under bombs and uh, air alerts and shooting, you need to raise the spirit. And that's true. People try, uh, actually, they somehow adapted, at least in those areas, in, and in, as in Kiev, which has more defense than, for example, other, uh, other cities. Yeah, we try to do everything to cheer up uh, people to believe in our, uh, not freedom, because we believe in our freedom, a people of freedom, that is why Russia hates us. And uh, we make jokes on us, on our situation, on Russia. That's what helps us to not to give up. To kind of stay strong. I'm curious if you've been able to find any kind of Ukrainian community in Utah. I believe there, well, I, for sure there is a Ukrainian, Utah-Ukrainian association that has few members and they do uh, some gatherings, but have you had an opportunity to meet other Ukrainians? Um, by this moment, yes. I was uh, visiting with my family a few times, um, Ukrainian association, uh, Utah, Utah, uh, Ukrainians in Utah and uh, this organization of association of Ukrainians. That's true. They try also to share the inf information. They also try to find uh, possibility for donations uh, to help out uh, Ukrainians uh, who stayed in Ukraine. Yeah, that actually um, would be a good uh, segue to asking how can our listeners what do you think is the best way for our listeners to help current situation or help people in Ukraine? Well, first of all, I want to say thank, thank you so much uh, to such organizations as the Women of the World, uh, the Utah, and churches here, like uh, of, of uh, Jesus Christ of uh, Latter Days. They really uh, how. Um, welcomed with all their heart uh, women who arrived with kids. We are really, really thankful. And I can say only one thing. Um, yes, we need a lot of help. If you would give me and other women uh, weapons, we would come back now to Ukraine to help out. So, uh, but I ask like, if there is a possibility to donate, I will be thankful. First of all, we need even those stuff like uh, usual one every day, like medicals. We need uh, even sniper nets just for our guys to cover themselves. 
when your body armors, so many soldiers of ours and my friends have now surgeries on spine because they have heavy body armors. Even such simple stuff, we still need a lot. And we try also to find these possibilities in Poland or other countries to deliver it and help. We try to deliver it to our friends whom we know because so that it could be distributed to the right uh, people and as quickly as possible. Svetlana, do you think most people, when the war will end, because it will end, when it ends, do you think most Ukrainian people will return to Ukraine or do you think Ukrainians, this is kind of um, a way they'll integrate into European societies and maybe is there any way to look at anything positive from this, maybe integrating into other cultures and so on, or do you think most people will just head back to Ukraine whenever possible? Well, a lot of women, as I told before, already come back, and we want to come back, we love our country, we want to build it up again. If there will be chance, I just pray that <laughs> they will not vanish us, you know? and. Yeah, but from the other side, I'm sure uh, some people will stay in Europe or other countries or in USA. They will accumulate, they will adapt. And uh, I also sure in one thing, and like we will always try to, those who will decide to stay, actually, they will try to help Ukraine in some other way, like financially or with the experience when they come back, you know. And I also want to ask now, women of Ukraine, do not give up. Uh, when you ha uh, I know it's hard when you, uh, your families and husbands and sons there. Just believe and let's try to fi find out uh, ways out to help Ukraine now and if, if and when war stops, we're to do it even more. And the only thing which I can only say and ask Women and mothers of Russia start to think with your own bra brain, uh, not with their, what your mass media tries to put in your heads. Uh, stop your kids. Stop coming to our country. No one asked you to come to us and to destroy our lives. Uh, just try to talk and stand up and talk to your government. And if you do it all together, um, I'm sure they will stop, or you are to stop your government. And that is Radioactive with Tamrika Kavtisiashvili, Svetlana and Ruby from Women of the World. Thank you, Svetlana. Thank you, Ruby, for being on the show tonight. I'm Tamrik of Really Check tonight's show notes at krcl.org for links to my guests and their organizations and events. Thank you so much. And uh, we all hope for peace very soon. Yeah, we pray and for Ukraine. And thank, thanks so much for everyone who still believes helps and does understand that we need support and help because for us it's not routine unfortunately we are still in war thank you Svetlana and this is the Eurovision winning song from Ukraine yeah 2022 Stefania yes yeah, Stefania yes yeah, Stefania or Stefania what yeah. does that what does that mean this is the name of a woman and actually uh, the singer was uh, 
how he was inspired by his mother. And this song, as you know, like it's also somehow talks about uh, Ukraine, our situation in war. And this son just reminds and says about those times when his mother was telling and singing him a lullaby, when it was a peaceful night, peaceful sky. And he remembers her kind words, her kind-heartedness, and so thankful to his mother for this life and for this possibility to be in this world. All right, Stefania, Eurovision 2022. 